Chitterings of welcome, lions of science and mollusks of knowledge. It is I, Dottore Belordo, here to give you a brief pre-Cambrian before episode two begins. First off, you should know, episode two was recorded before episode one was recorded. How delightfully absurd. <laughs> what does this mean for you? This means I only had one microphone when I recorded episode two and had two guests on. So we had to pass the microphone back and forth. It's not a crime. But you're going to notice that the interview style is a bit more monologue-y than episode one. This is good for you actor types because you can use it as material for your auditions for Shark Attack the Musical. If you are listening to this on your morning commute, you're just going to have to put the pedal to the meatball, buddy. Because it's a short and It's short and sweet, just like me. And the meat I like to eat. But eat meat! Attention, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, scientists and brains of all ages. It is time once again for Blastro Podcast. <laughs> and now your host, broadcasting from deep within the pod chamber, that man of science, Datore. <laughs> Greetings and snail mutations, scientists and other mimes. Welcome to episode two of Blastro Podcast, a show so nice we did it two times. With me, as always, is myself, Dottore, man of science. Today's topic is love. Love. Ooh. Oh, yes, love. Love, we've been there. We've all been there. <laughs> Come on. You've been there. I've been there. We've been there. Perhaps... Perhaps you can remember your first love. Yes, why not take a step back with me through your mind's eye and, if you're sober enough, remember the first time you laid eyes on your first love. There you are. Perhaps at school with your school chums. Ah, uh, look at your book bag and your sh skirts, your combination short and skirts. We all wore those. Yes, there you are. You're in the academy. Perhaps you are in Victorian England or in a top-secret school for mutants like you with, with weird bodies. You had a weird body, didn't you? I did. Anyway, you look up from the uh, cafeteria table from your tater tots and uh, other types of tots that you're feasting on. You look up and you spot that special someone carrying his or her tray of veal, or I can't believe it's not veal if he or she is a vegetarian. Your eyes make contact at each other. <gasps> your heart rate increases. Your cheeks begin to flush. The balls continue sweating. A nervous flap of the bowels. Your ears begin to water, and pretty soon, bang! Full-on Montezuma's revenge. Yes, you shit all over your breakfast. Your classmates gibber and caper wildly around you like a choir of jelly fiends, and Professor Huffenstuff shoots you a withering gaze that communicates all too clearly that your house will not be winning the best kids in the world competition at the end of the movie. Ah, but I digest. Love is more than just a titifying dance of emotion and song. Love is also made of chemicals, and I, Dottore, man of science! I'm an expert in the alchemical sciences. So I ask you, rhetorically, because you can't answer me. I mean, it's a podcast. <laughs> Come on, that would be impossible. Uh, who better than I 
to probe and explorminate deep into the inner workings of this crazy little monk called <laughs> Ah, yes. Episode two. <laughs> My favorite of the second episodes. Ah, here I sit. Open-hearted. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, I hate everything. Uh, I sit here with my good and dear friends, Tara and Ryan Sheele. I'm not mispronouncing that, that's their fucking last name. Uh, Tara and Ryan, look at you two lovebirds. These two uh, are humans. Today's topic is human love. I'm going to ask upon them how they are so lovely. Why are they so good? Who do they think they are? Tara and Ryan, you are my good friends. Let me ask you some questions of you. Tell us how you two humans, such as yourselves, met and fell in love. Tara. Nope. Men first. Ryan. Well, (laughs) Okay. Uh, We met because we went to, I went to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida, while Tara was at uh, Daytona Beach Community College, which was right across the street. And we were both in theater clubs at the time, and our respective theater clubs had a joint party, and that is actually where we met, at a barbecue hosted by Daytona Beach Community College. Though the party, you were supposed to come in some form of costume, and Ryan's college was doing uh, musketeers at the time, and so Ryan came as the Duke of Buckingham, which included a frilly collar and tights, and he was out on the dance floor dancing with a sword, and I said, I want to meet that guy, and I taught him how to swing dance on the dance floor, and I asked for his number, and the rest is history. Well, that remains to be seen. <coughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next, <coughs> next, Tara and Ryan, my good friends, Tara and Ryan. Tara, question for you. When did you decide to ask Ryan to ask you to marry him? Uh, we had been together about a week, and I thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> she gave me the microphone. <laughs> so, uh, yes, she thought it was a good idea after a week. I thought it was a good idea after six years. Yeah. Six whole years. This is weird. Oh, God. Why did I get born? Although, he once, one day, six years into our relationship, he came out of the office and said, Tara, do you think I should spend $400 on a set of surround sound speakers? And I said, you know what? No, I've been waiting for six years for you to propose, and you said you couldn't afford a ring, and if you can afford $400 speakers, you can damn sure get this one ring that I wanted that wasn't very expensive. I'm sorry I blew up, and he bought my ring 10 minutes later. <laughs> I think we're learning a lot about rings and ourselves. Okay, <clears throat> ah, here we go now for the meat of the potatoes. I understand that you two, Tara and Ryan, had an elaborate wedding ritual. What did you do and why? Well, we have uh, a lot of friends. We are blessed with tons of wonderful friends. We had 35 people in the wedding party. So we couldn't just have them all stand there. That would be boring. Um, so we choreographed a fight scene 
And Ryan did the sound design and did all the sound effects for different weapons like lightsabers and a chainsaw. And his dad ran, ran across the stage with a tie around his head, shooting a Tommy gun at the audience at one point. It stole the show. And um, we also had uh, the medal ceremony from Star Wars at the end. Uh, his mom put the medal over my neck and my mom put the medal over his neck to that music. Uh, we also had three of our friends make Chewbacca noises at the appropriate time. Every aspect of the wedding was 100% us, which is what made it really, truly memorable. We did an Indiana Jones stunt spectacular in the beginning. The whole thing was obviously movie-themed, as you can get. So yeah, we sent a press kit out as our invitation. So it came with a movie poster, and it had everybody who was in the wedding, including our parents and everybody else, in the uh, in the bottom as the credits. Every Everybody's name was in there. We also had, uh, for our sand ceremony, we had the American president and obviously the Star Wars uh, music. Oh, we also, after the fight scene, uh, in order to repair the damage that had been done during the fight, we used the Omega-13, which is from Galaxy Quest, and reset everything. And everybody came out to the music from Star Trek 2009, which was uh, really triumphant and awesome. If you are interested in the epic wedding of Tara and Ryan Chile, and you would like to watch some of it upon the internet machine, then all you have to do is open up your web browser and type in this simple address. www.youtu.be backslash vex No, it's not. I promise you. No, it's really not. This is real marriage right here. This is what this is. No, this is the right address, I promise you. I promise you. Ryan is ridiculous. No, it cannot because it's YouTube. No, it's not. It is too. That's how it can, that's how it, when I, when I copied it, when I copied it, that's what, no, I hit copy, I hit select all and copy. Hold on, I'm doing it. And there it is with the dot in it. So, there. That ain't gonna work. Very good, Tara and Ryan. Now, normally, at this part, I like to do a lightning round review. But since science has not yet confirmed the existence of love, I'm going to throw out some lowball questions, and you guys just grunt back at me with word sounds. Prepare for the lightning round! Mega Man. Okay. Ah, yes. Tara and Ryan. As you know, today's subject of education is love. We'll see how much these married people really know about love from a scientific standpoint. Stand bright. Stand fast. <clears throat> Tara, question one. Some people say when they fall in love that they have good chemistry. This is a lie. True or true? True. Correct. Ryan, question two. The scientific film demonstration Moulin Rouge proves that true love can only exist between a man and a terminally ill sex worker. How could Obi-Wan Kenobi have avoided having to sing so much? Great dragons. Correct. Question number three, Tara. Liberal scientists will tell you that baby monkeys have exhibited signs of love towards artificial monkey mother lattices. Does this prove that science is mean, or that love is dumb? Bananas. 
Correct. Question four. Ryan, so tell me if you ever really, really, really ever loved a woman. Yes. Correct. Question five. Tara, here is an anal orgy. Love is to mabbage as horse is to... Spaghetti sauce. Correct. I would also have accepted arugula. Well, congratulations, Sheila's. Very good. You've earned yourself a total of 30 parsnipipation points, which can be redeemed at the guest shop for a top hat and tuxedo. Now moving on to better things. All right, humans. Let's get into it. Tara and Ryan are going to speak at you now a little bit about the science of love. Tara, Ryan, go! Hi, everybody. Organic chemicals are produced and released within the human brain when we fall in love. Dopamine and norepinephrine are two of the neurotransmitters responsible for feelings typically associated with being in love. Dopamine produces a pleasurable feeling and is often associated with sensations such as euphoria or craving. Norepinephrine is like adrenaline. It makes us feel physically excited or activated. When this neurotransmitter is in our system, we may experience heightened attention, hyperactivity, or sleeplessness. Ah, yes. Dopamine is also associated with addiction. Ah! Ah, yes. Dopamine is also associated with addiction, which is why I can't get enough of that crystal meth science show, Breaking Board. Breaking Board! Right. Hormones also play a role in uh, the chemistry of love. When people have sex... Wait! Say it slower. When people have sex, a hormone called acetocin is released. This hormone helps create and strengthen an emotional bond in relationships. It's the same hormone that promotes the bond between mothers and children. That's good to know, Ryan. Remember, kids, if mommy seems overly attached to you, it's not your fault. It's just because of the sex drugs she's secreting from her... Mm. Oh. <laughs> Remember, kids, if mommy seems overly attached to you, it's not your fault. It's just because of the sex drugs she's secreting from her brain onion. There are other hormones and chemicals at work as well. Some of the uh, attachment-enhancing chemicals observed during the formation of long-term monogamous relationships may actually interfere with the ones we associate with feeling in love. This may help us understand why feelings of passionate love change over time as a relationship develops. So, what? Love is just a bunch of chemicals? You can't expect me to believe that, sir and madam. I have known love. A deep, true love. The pure, unblemished love that can only be found between a man and a sandwich and a 2,000-pound robot. Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the pure, unblemished love that can only be found between a man and a sandwich and a 2,000-pound robot designed to roll majestically across the dusty face of the red planet Mars. <laughs> I have gazed for hours into the eye hole of curiosity patted her red-hot radioisotope power tail, and I can tell you that there was more there than just sweet brain juices pumping around inside my head sack. Wait. No, there wasn't. Okay, never mind. This is a, se- <laughs> this is a section of Blaster Podcast, which I just invented myself. It's called Pranking Pantalone. 
My old crotchety neighbor Pantalone just got a telephone. He barely knows how to use it. I'm going to call him and prank call him. It's going to be hilarious. Okay, <clears throat> here we go. <laughs> Is this working? I'm talk. Am I talking into the right mouth Hello? hole? Hello. Is this the mouth hole? Hello. If this is the mouth hole, stick a finger through it so I can see it. Pantalone. Yes. Pantalone, can you hear me? Yes. This is I, Pantalone. It sounds like you're talking to the right part. Can Pant this wait until I'm postcoitus? Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I hope you are. I don't know how you got through this telephone, but I'm coming in after you if I find out where it leads. Which, uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, Pantalone, wait. Listen to this. All right. Uh, I'm listening. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Um, I don't know. Maybe like a power out outage. Uh, no such thing has happened. Who is this? Who is it? Uh, did your power... Uh, is your power running? It was until you called me. Did it go out? Can no, I? I was using a euphemism, you boob. YouTube? I know who this is. Who is this? Is this Dottore? Hello, Dottore. Dottore? This is Dottore. Dottore, if you call me again, I'm going to take my rifle and point it out of my window, and I'm going to shoot everyone in your house but you, so that you have to live with the smell. I'm sorry, who is this? This is Pantalone! Oh, Pat you called me on this telephone, I just bought Dottore! Dottore? Dottore! No, I'm Dottore, who Dettore. are you? Dottore, it's me, Pantalone! Pantalone! Pantalone, it's me, Dottore, wait, no! What? What's happening? Hold on, is this the ear hole? Let me Dottore! Yes, Dottore! Dottore? Yes, wait. How do I make it stop? I don't want the sounds anymore. Well, maybe you should go catch it! <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, what? In your face! No! <laughs> Tore, asked a Tore, asked a. Asked a Tore. Okay. You all have questions for me, Dottore, and I have answers for each and every one of you. I'm going to fill your tiny brain cups filled with piping hot information knowledge. Some of you have written into me over the intertubes and asked me important questions. I will now answer them appropriately and loudly. <clears throat> and with me are my two favorite guests of the episode, Tara and Ryan, to help. <clears throat> they have the stack of letters and will ask me the questions appropriately. All right, here we go. I'm going to pass you the microphone. Amy C. asks, how do fax machines work? Fax machines work just like regular machines. Except when you feed them lies, they take them and flip them inside out, distilling the untruths into plain, unadulterated facts. David R. asks, why do things burn? Because things were bad, David. And all bad things go in the burn room. Right in the burn room. Whoosh. Joshana R. Uh, Joshana. Boo. Joshana R. asks, Why can't you sneeze with your eyes open? Because I'm afraid, okay? Leave me alone about it. Hmm. Mitch R. asks, Where does the sun go after it sets? The sun's movements are its own concern. It's a grown adult, and what it does behind closed doors is no business of mine. 
that red-hot pervert. Adam S. asks, if we're in the midst of global warming, why does it come with bouts of extreme cold? Adam. 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 Have a seat, please. Adam, have a seat. Adam. Adam, have a seat, please. I need to take a moment to talk down at you about something very important. First off, Adam. Climate scientists now refer to the trend of rising global temperatures as climate change, rather than global warming. Global warming implies a uniform rise in the Earth's temperature. However, despite scientific comparisons, weather systems aren't like supermodels. They're actually very sensitive and can't just be wrapped in foil and thrown in the freezer. <laughs> you see, Adam, as temperatures increase, glaciers begin to melt. Their cool, refreshing thermal energy is then embraced by great Poseidon, father of the waves. The Sea Lord, resplendent in his new shorts, then struts about jauntily, churning up the newly chilled seas as if to say, I'm still here, world. Maybe I've grown a bit paunchy over the years, and yes, Battle Jesus may have bested me in that dust-up in Frisco, but I'm still worthwhile as a human being, or, or a fish god, or whatever I am. This buttery churning action affects both wind and oceanic temperatures across the globe, bruh. The cold, unforgiving wind, drunk on power, then rolls off the coastline, running pell-mell into your tiny, hopeless corner of the world. The cold wind kicks open the saloon doors of your little home away from home and guns down the sheriff in cold, cold blood. So, I think what I'm really trying to say here, Adam, is that our planet is sick. Sometimes it has a sweaty fever, and sometimes it's got the chills. But at the end of the day, it's one unhappy camper and should be excused from school. Unless it's faking, that filthy little liar. That's it, Earth! Your mother and I are getting a divorce and it's your fault! It's all your fault! Hooroo! <laughs> it's time for plugs! It's time for plugs, not drugs, it's plugs! Give me a hug, don't... Okay! We are here today with my guests. You'll remember them from every other part of the episode. Uh, and my guests are not just fun people to talk about or to or even look around, but they also do interesting things with their lives. Tara, uh, is there anything in particular you'd like to mention to our internute audience? Yes, as a matter of fact, I have my own business, uh, which has now broken into two businesses. I make costumes for a living. One's called Sincere Costumes, and the other is called Sincerely Twisted, which is all zombies and blood and gore and things like that. They're both on Etsy. However, you can get to both of my shops and also see my work as a hair and makeup artist at tarashili.com, which is spelled T-A-R-A-S-C-H-I-L-E.com. I've been a makeup artist for 14 years as well, so I dabble sort of everywhere. And here's my husband with other things. Hello. Uh, it's me, Ryan, again. I, w I am a part, as is Tara and uh, Tatori's roommate, Mark. Uh, we are all a part of this great project called Our Fair City, which is a campy post-apocalyptic radio epic for the internet. I am uh, a voice actor in the, pro in the program, as well as Tara, and again, uh, Tatori's roommate, Mark, and I am also the sound designer for it. And anybody can go check it out. There, we're working on season three as we speak. Season four is in the pre-production phases, and you can check it out at www.ourfaircity.com. That's right, human. 
Now, uh, in case you, you, our dear listener, our rugged intellectual listeners, if you have any questions, scientific or otherwise, just ask Old Tore. Yes, you can ask me with willful intent through Twitter. I'm available on Twitter. Follow me at AskDotore, A-S-K-D-O-T-T-O-R-E. You can also friend me on Facebook. I mean Facebook. I'm not religious. On Facebook, I am known as Dottore Balordo. Now you know my last name. That's D-O-T-T-O-R-E-B-A-L-O-R-D-O. Should write a song about that. Dottore Balordo. If you have any questions for me or comments and like to see something strange or different on my show, just contact me via those innocuous substances. Well, it has been quite a taxing ordeal on my brain and voice. Ah, I think I'm going to go quaff down some cheese cords. Thank you again to Tara and Ryan Sheele for being my most special guests of the second episode. This is Dottore from the Pod Chamber, signing off like a fish in the wind.